Hello, everyone. This is David Douthat. And this is Molly Douthat. And welcome to More Than Hearing, a podcast to encourage preachers to use multiple intelligences in sermons and worship leadership, because there are plenty of ways to reach someone's soul. Today, we are covering Music Smart and People Smart for the lectionary selections for the 21st Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year C. Jesus heals a woman on the Sabbath in Luke, setting up some fireworks in the synagogue. In Hebrews, the author compares the church's experience to Sinai. Psalm 103 reminds us of God's benefits, and Isaiah tries to negotiate justice with the stiff-necked people. Everyone is grumpy this week. Hope our illustrations will make you smile. This podcast is based on Dr. Howard Gardner's theory of multiple intelligences. Dr. Gardner suggests that there are multiple ways to learn, process, remember, and understand our world. Each week, centered on the weekly readings for the Revised Common Lectionary, we develop illustrations and special effects using various smarts based on Dr. Gardner's identified intelligences. Over the course of four weeks, we will cover word smart, eye smart, math smart, body smart, music smart, nature smart, people smart, and self smart. You can read more about Dr. Gardner's work by clicking on the link at the top of our webpage, morethanhearing.org. Join us as we explore ways these intelligences can be utilized for a deeper appreciation of God's Word. Then, we encourage you to try it for yourself. Anytime and any way we can make use of the different smarts, we give people greater access to the Word of God so they can acquire it, process it, and internalize it in ways that make sense to them. Let's get started. Yes, let's get to it, shall we? Hello, everybody. We're glad to have you with us, and uh, hope you're having a good week. If this is your first time with us, we're especially glad to have you, and hope that you'll find it to be fun and interesting and useful, and uh, encourage you to let us know that you found us. Uh, We're going to start off talking about the smarts for this week, and uh, we're doing people smart, and I'm doing people smart, and Molly is doing music smart, and you can find more about all our adventures with the smarts, and more about all the smarts, actually, uh, at our website, morethanhearing.org, and there's a link for Dr. Gardner's work up in the corner. You can learn all about all of them. But uh, just a, a little bit to catch you up uh, this time. People Smart, according to Multiple Intelligences in Faith Formation by Sharon Eli Pearson, whom we quoted last week, mm-hmm. uh, she says that for People Smart, the People Smart people like to be with people, emphasize, interact, lead, teach. This learner learns best by working with others and is also very tuned in to others' feelings and needs. Involve your students by inviting them to present and lead class activities. Outreach and service projects are other opportunities where these people thrive. So that's, of course, about classroom, but you can kind of make the jump to church life in general and worship in particular with some of those things. So uh, some general things to think about using for people smart in worship might include testimony, people telling their stories, Mm. uh, small group discussions right there in the pews, Mm -hmm. and uh, drama is a people smart tool as well. So uh, like I said, look up the other stuff. So how about music smart, Molly? 
Well, I also looked at um, Sharon Eli Pearson's work, and she said that music smart is a person who likes to connect music to emotions, hear music in his or her head all the time, sing to themselves, and tap or move to rhythms. This learner thinks best by using patterns of sound. So in the worship experience, use hymns to tell the stories of our faith. And we got a lot of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, When curricular resources offer music options for study classes, use them. I also pulled in um, Diana Waring's work on at her website, Education That's Relational, who said that in the learning experience, a learning classroom, a, per, a music smart person is someone who learns through rhythm, melody, sings or plays musical instruments, enjoys listening to music, remembers songs, and studies more effectively when music is played. So um, we, we're, we're pretty music heavy in our worship worshiping mm-hmm. experiences. Mm-hmm. So unless um, you're a Quaker, <laughs> right? Uh, so, but <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, music can can go a long way toward uh, not only teaching the story or supplementing the story or the scripture passages, but also setting the mood um, for the for the worship experience. So uh, I don't select the hymns for my worship exp- for my worship. There's a woman in the congregation who I send the passages. She uh, goes through resources and she always picks three hymns that almost always connect, ah. which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit and give you a um, uh, send you to one of my music resources, hymnary.org, if you have not already found that. There is a list of selected hymns for this Sunday, and I'll have that posted at the, uh, at the show notes. And uh, you can also take a look at our previous episode for this week's texts from three years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's... And we did Isaiah. We did. We did the same thing. So, uh, except we didn't do the psalm, I think. Right. So that we have a link for that on the worksheet, and we'll have that also at the show notes uh, at morethanhearing.org. The gospel lesson for Year C, Ordinary 21, is Luke 13, verses 10 through 17. Jesus is in the synagogue on the Sabbath and sees. Uh oh. What? Jesus is in the synagogue on the Sabbath. Uh oh. <laughs> Something's Sorry, going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Dun, dun. There's dun, dun, your dun. music cue. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> anyway, uh, a woman who uh, was afflicted by a spirit that had her bent over for 18 years appears, and Jesus calls her over and sets her free from her ailment, laying his hands upon her, and she straightens right up. And everybody is delighted, except for the leader of the synagogue, who uh, chastises all the people who are sick, saying, there are six days to do work, come those days to be healed, not the Sabbath. Dude. Whatever, man. Seriously. And Jesus just rips him a new one. <laughs> can we say that? Sure. Yes. <laughs> yes, we can. <clears throat> anyway, yeah. So Jesus um, calls him to calls him on the carpet, takes him to task. And uh, his opponents are put to shame, but the crowd rejoices. Yay. 
So, okay, let's uh, let's see what's going on here. Am I starting that? You I guess are I'll starting start. that, yes. So, you just talked about the whole passage. I did. All right. So, let's uh, take a look at People Smart for this passage. Uh, and, uh, okay, so public health care has been an issue we've been struggling with in the U.S. for decades. Mm-hmm. And... Something that everybody should get health care regardless of ability to pay, but someone needs to pay for it, and so there's that. But then some denigrate those who are chronically sick and those who cannot afford their health care uh, or health care adequate to their needs anyway and think that they're irresponsible sometimes. And um, that. That's kind of a near neighbor to the leader of the synagogue, maybe, but, um, you know, blaming the sick for coming out for healing. Well, anyway, (laughs) trying to negotiate this could be challenging, Mm. but see if you can give it a fair representation of of the different views and positions in terms of pro and con and policy and such without getting too partisan. I think it's possible. I think it's possible. It should be. We used to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. So uh, give that a try. The point is to show that what is important to Jesus is that the woman should be healed. And the other questions are far less important. And that ought to be uh, where we end up is that we want people to be well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, we get we get too uh, aggressive about our entrenched political positions or our policy positions and lose sight of the well-being of those who are sick. So um, so see what you can do with that. Hopefully that'll work. For special effect, invite your folks to enter into some of that discussion um, and Poke them with a few questions. What are some ways that we as a society put barriers in the way of people getting healing? And, uh, you know, maybe by framing it that way, you can talk about it in in humanizing terms. Mm-hmm. I, ho- I hope. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> so again, encourage people to stay away from being too partisan. Or too anecdotal. Yes, yes. And... And no finger pointing, because right. that actually comes up in, in Isaiah, uh, <laughs> finger pointing. Right. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we don't want to be hypocritical about all these things, right? So, because Jesus doesn't care for that either. Another illustration, I, I found a, a story, actually, I think you found this story mm-hmm. on Facebook about a man who was grocery shopping. He was bent over mm-hmm. and had not been able to straighten up for years. And uh, the story is from the point of view of a woman whose nephew was with her. And that boy went to help this man with his grocery shopping. Mm -hmm. And it's a great story. Mm -hmm. So we've got a link to that for you that you can take a look. And it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, It's very uplifting. So to speak. As it were. (laughs) Then uh, lastly, invite someone to come up and stand bent over for a while while you talk with that person and invite your volunteer while still holding the bent over position to consider how interacting with others would be affected by that posture. You know, what sort of, 
what sort of relationship do you have with people if all you can see is their feet? Mm. Right. Um, what sort of implicit messages do we have or do we apply to someone who is in that a bent over posture? Mm-hmm. Like maybe that they're subservient or humble or lacking self-esteem or sad or, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and how would this affect your sense of safety in a crowd or in the world if you, that was your position? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's definitely, there's definitely a power thing. Mm-hmm. So if you're standing up straight and tall, holding the microphone down to them, you know, right. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. They get a sense for that. So, and and you might have people in your own congregation who are uh, older and who maybe have uh, issues with their backs and not being able to straighten up, or may, yeah, who yeah. may even have osteoporosis, who are bent over. Right. So right. maybe uh, get in touch with them before uh, you preach this sermon and see if they would be willing to come up and talk about their experience of not being able to stand up straight. Very good. Very good point. Very good point. Yeah, definitely some body smart going on there. Oh, yeah, definitely. uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, how about music smart? Well, for music smart for this go around, I pretty much just went and look, it went in search of music, went in search of songs. But um, I was reading some commentary, a lot of different commentary about the Luke passage, and a couple of different people, and I didn't write them down, uh, suggest that there's more to this passage than Jesus simply winning an argument about what's lawful behavior on the Sabbath. Um, uh, the deeper story is his relationship to this woman. Uh, that she's in the midst of worship doesn't necessarily suggest she's on the margins. She's there right, and has been for a long time, apparently. But what Jesus gives her is a new perspective, literally. Mm. So he also gives that same new perspective to his critics as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I went and I found some, uh, some different music. Um, there is a song called Let My Spirit Always Sing by a woman named Shirley Murray. And uh, you can find that at Hope Publishing. It is, um, it's, it's a hymn uh, published in 1996, but it's got the traditional hymn sound to it. Uh, we also have one called We Cannot Measure How You Heal by John Bell. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, uh, he's the, what is his title? He, he's, I'm not sure what his title is right now. He, he, was, he was formerly director or rector or something at Iona. At Iona, right, yeah. So it's it's uh, it's going to have kind of a Scottish lilt to it. Another one by John Bell called A Touching Place, and then one of my favorite songs, uh, Healer of My Soul mm, yes. by John Michael Talbot. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's an awesome one. If you are not familiar with John Michael Talbot, you should be. Oh, yes, absolutely. So some very simple offerings there for Music Smart for Luke, and there are so many more that was that was kind of my problem with doing music smart this week it's just it was i was just there's an avalanche and so i was (laughs) kind of picking myself up out from under things and and trying not to overeat at the smorgasbord so yeah we're back to body smart yep 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 yep. (laughs) and a little nature smart with the avalanche anyway okay well let's go on The epistle or New Testament reading for year C, Ordinary 21, is Hebrews chapter 12, verses 18 through 29. 
um, the book is beginning to wrap up, and in this particular section, the author of Hebrews is uh, taking all of those um, references and, and allusions and uh, um, ties to the faith of the Hebrew people and snugging them up, tying them up really, really, really tight to the person of Jesus. Um, and in this particular section, he's talking about faith and trust. Uh, begins by saying, you have not come to something that can be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that not another word be spoken to them. This is an allusion to the experience of the people at the base of Mount Sinai when the law was being delivered to them and references that even Moses said, I tremble with fear. Uh, So that was at Sinai. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who were enrolled in heaven. So the contrast here between the fear and the trembling at the foot of Mount Sinai and the joy and the celestial singing of uh, being in, in Mount Zion. Um, continues on to talk about uh, how God's voice shook the earth, but promised not only will the earth, will the earth be shaken, but also the heaven. Um, verse 27, this phrase yet once more indicates the removal of what is shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain, and that is the kingdom of God. Um, And so we are to approach God with worship and reverence and awe, for our God is indeed a consuming fire. Well, um, I was reading it, Working Preacher, and a lot of different commentary about this, and um, Timothy Adkin Jones, there's an excerpt of some of what he wrote, is that reading this passage helps me envision God as a house cleaner, shaking the dirt and dust from within God's community, such that only what is important remains. In addition to finding places for us to anchor amid the shaking, could we also be called to follow God's example? Maybe our preaching might help us imagine how we can join in with God's act of shaking in our world to knock the dust off our witness. Our reverential response to God's shaking and consuming presence is to shake ourselves in preparation. So that doesn't necessarily have anything specific to do with music, but I thought that was really awesome and needed to be shared. (laughs) Okay. So. Well, yeah, it's very cool. Uh, Well, and maybe you can apply that to shaking out some of the the traditional or or the usual music that you do. Shake it up this week. Well, I I was thinking about Handel's Messiah on this passage. Oh, really? Yeah. What? And he will shake. (laughs) I think we mentioned that the last time. (laughs) I seem to remember doing that. I'll go back and look. Um, Anyway, so some music. I've got five uh, things to offer here. Spirit Divine, Attend Our Prayers, which is a hymn that I know we have sung before. Um, Another one called All-Consuming Fire, which is a more contemporary um, uh, upbeat sort of thing. Oh, Comforting Fire of Spirit, which is a poem by Hildegard of Bingen. Uh And Before Thy Throne, O God, We Kneel by William Boyd Carpenter. 
Um, and he, uh, this is a poem that I found at a website called Journey with Jesus. This is also a very good resource for poetry, mm. by the way. Mm. Um, there's there's poems and prayers, and there's a poetry index. So I recommend checking out Journey with Jesus. And then finally, another hymn, uh, Send Down the Fire by, again, Marty Haugen, who is um, a Catholic priest, I believe, and who has written a lot of stuff that has really found its way into the contemporary Christian uh, praise music. It's very simple. Uh, there is nothing in, well, you could dress it up, but what he offers is usually a very simple melody, very simple harmonies, and things that tend to repeat um, along the lines of Taizé. Mm. So that's what I got. Well, for people smart, I'm looking at verse 25, which says, See that you do not refuse the one who is speaking, for if they did not escape when they refused the one who warned them on earth, how much less will we escape if we reject the one who warns from heaven? And so thinking about the dynamics of that amongst people, I thought of, uh, you know, that time when you were a kid and your sibling warned you against doing a thing that you were doing because it was wrong and your parents wouldn't like it, but you kept doing the thing anyway. And then the parent shows up to find you doing the thing, right? Uh, and Are you as, having a flashback? <laughs> and as predicted, the parent is not happy. You're and having a flashback. At that point, you uh, you know, do you keep doing the thing? At that point, uh, or <laughs> or when finally, mom's standing desist. there with steam coming out of her ears. Right. I think yeah. it would be unwise. It would be unwise, <laughs> which is exactly the point that that the author is making here. Right. So you finally desist. Nine times out of ten, you desist. Uh, until you become a teenager anyway. And then maybe, you know, that drops off a bit. But, well, because you're doing it someplace where mom and dad won't find you. Well, if you're smart, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, if you don't desist, then you're likely to have reaped the rewards of your obstinance, <laughs> which, again, is the point. So the author here is saying, don't be obstinate. You know, the parent is coming, the the powerful one is coming. If you don't listen to the one who warns you from earth, well, God help you. <laughs> so. So would that be something that you would um, encourage your uh, people to break into groups and talk about? Or how, how specifically would would that be used as a people smart? Well, it's an illustration more than a, ah. uh, than a special effect. So, okay. yeah. So it's just, you know, you just bring that kind of dynamic to mind and mm -hmm. say, hey, this is what he's talking about. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, let's go on. The psalm for year C, Ordinary 21, is the first eight verses of Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless God's holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all God's benefits. Uh, and then it begins listing some of the benefits, uh, not, not including health care and time and a half for <laughs> overtime. Uh, I believe. 
<laughs> and a nice dental plan. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but forgiveness of iniquity and healing of diseases and things like that there, and justice for all who are oppressed, and uh, uh, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. So there we go. For people smart, I'm looking at verse 2, bless the Lord, and forget not all God's benefits. And again, another story that I found on Facebook. I hate that I, I, I'm bringing... <laughs> You're being inspired I, by Facebook. I'm inspired by <laughs> Facebook. But as a friend of mine said one time, wisdom is where you find it. And yes, exactly. So uh, I found this story. It's on the same same uh, page, actually, as, as the previous one. Um, Hope Rising? Hope Rising. Okay. And uh, this one is a story about a, a young woman who had an accident at work wherein a beam came dislodged and hit her in the head. And she had Yee. traumatic brain injury. And she was in her 20s and had been married for nine months when this happened. When she came to in the hospital, mm -hmm. she thought she was 17 and she had lost all that time. All those files got erased. She did not know who her husband was. Holy cow. Because they had not yet met as far as she knew. Wow. And so um, she had no idea who this guy was and was a little weirded out by the idea that she was married to him. It felt like, you know, just getting dumped into this relationship and like an arranged marriage. Wow. And um, so, you know, as she was going through her physical therapy and all the reconstruction, she had to learn to read again and walk again and all the things. Um, and she just couldn't shake the, the weirdness of being married to this guy. So she, uh, she finally gave him the ring back. But... Uh, because she just she didn't think it was right to be married to somebody she didn't know. But she knew that he had been so very kind and patient and loving toward her that she asked if they could start to date. And they did. So he starts they start dating and they fell in love all over again. And he proposed again. Well, she didn't fall in love well, all over again. Well <laughs> she fell know. in love for the first time no, as far as well, she's concerned. As far as she knew, but yeah. it was, you know, yeah. and and he not again, but continuously. Mm -hmm. But anyway, the point is that they got engaged again. And the relationship was such that it, it was inevitable, huh. you know? um, but it had to be rebuilt. And so the steadfast love and faithfulness that he showed to her uh, was what she needed to repair where she was and, and to move forward. And that's the kind of love that God offers to us and in this psalm. And I just love that story, and I think it's cool. <laughs> well, okay. How about music smart? Well, all right. I have, um, I've got music. So the first one is a song by Matt Redman 
who is a fairly well-known uh, music musician in the contemporary Christian circles. Uh, he has a song called 10,000 Reasons, Bless the Lord My Soul. Got a link to that for you. Also, um, I thought this was interesting. The, the, Praise to the Lord the Almighty was something that popped up in the hymnary list of, of uh, suggestions for this particular passage. Mm-hmm. And I, so I have a video of Praise to the Lord the Almighty sung at Queen Elizabeth's 60th anniversary of her coronation. And I, I included, I was kind of thinking, eh, whatever, until we got to the very end, the last verse of the hymn, where they pull out the trumpets and the boys' choir. Ah. So I included it for that because it's pretty awesome. Also, there is a song, Bless the Lord, from Godspell, 1973, have a link to the movie starring Victor Garber, who later was in Alias with Jennifer Garner, okay. which I saw him and I was like, I know that guy. And then uh, Bless the Lord, a Taize chorus, which is awesome because you can just sing it over and over and over again. And uh, this is is um, uh, kind of a cheat. I was reading commentary at, at the Center for Excellence in Preaching by Scott Hazy, and he's, he mentions that uh, Sir Paul McCartney um, had a lot of uh, has had a lot of criticism of his music, you know, his entire sure. career, yeah. and everybody, you know, kind of labels at him that he's the upbeat, happy, sappy uh, mm-hmm. love song guy. And so he got to the point where he's like, you know, fine. And so he wrote this song <laughs> called "Silly, Silly Love Songs," song. yeah. which went on to become his biggest hit. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> so how does that connect then with? It, well, um, I guess maybe the perseverance of, uh, of uh, you know, God persevering and continuing to love us and Paul McCartney saying, I'm not giving up on this. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is who I am. This is the kind of music I write. So there. Well, all right. <laughs> and now I've got an earworm and I haven't even listened to the song. All I'd have to do is hear the words, silly, silly love, love songs, songs, and it's in my head. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Let's go on. Yes, please. The Old Testament lesson for Year C, Ordinary 21, is Isaiah 58, starting at verse 9b and reading on to the end of the chapter at verse 14. I was just looking at the entire thing, and in the New Revised Standard Version, the title that they give to this chapter is False and True Worship. There is uh, kind of a lot of back and forth here between God and the people. Um, Starts out, shout out, do not, this is in verse one, shout out, do not hold back, lift up your voice like a trumpet. Uh, I think this is God speaking to the prophet Isaiah, announce to my people their rebellion to the house of Jacob, their sins. Uh, Goes on to talk about how they come to look for God as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. Um, They wonder, uh, we fast, but you don't see it. We humble humble ourselves, but you don't notice. And God says to them, look, you serve your own interest on your fast day and you oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Um, That's an Ash Wednesday text. Yeah, I think so. Um, uh, Continues on, is this not the, at verse six, is this not the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? 
Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? Goes on in that vein for a while until we get to where we start. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. It continues on like that. There's another if-then section in verses 13 and 14. Um, I will feed you with the heritage of your ancestor Jacob, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken at the end of this passage. So there's a lot back and forth in that. I'm not sure, since we did Jeremiah last week, I'm not sure, was Isaiah 58 the first part of this for the... um, I don't think so. Continuous? Anyway, so if you didn't use all of, or the first part of Isaiah 58 at any point, I'd suggest going back and giving it a run from there, Mm. uh, because there's a lot of good stuff to be used there. Anyway, building on that, at uh, Doug Bratt at uh, Center for Excellence in Preaching says that um, he he owes Tom Long and his his colleague Scott Hazy uh, this illustration idea of talking about this particular passage as being like a tennis match because there's a lot that goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and so there's a rhythm to this passage, hey, that sounds like music, Um, that could maybe be demonstrated with musical chords or instruments even. So like bright major chords uh, and or maybe some more dark ominous chords, depending on what is being said here. Um, So uh, it it may be kind of some sort of things when the people are (laughs) complaining and some when God is is, uh, speaking to them. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, there's an idea for a special effect for how you might even just present this entire passage. Mm-hmm. So some uh, offerings, some musical offerings. Um, one, again, by Marty Haugen, uh, Return to God. This passage in Isaiah implies a return to holy observance, which this hymn makes explicit in the words that it uses. Uh, there are some other suggestions for hymns from hymnary.org for this particular passage. And there are two distinct verse sets in this in this selection that we have, 9b through 14. Uh, if you participate in ways to help others, God will restore and lead and restore you. So I found a, a hymn called O Breath of Life written by Bessie Porter Head, that kind of goes with the idea of being restored. The other one, if you honor God by observing the Sabbath, God will give you delight in creation and your place in it. Um, This is a poem uh, set to Proctor Springs, which could be sung, uh, but it's definitely a poem. Sabbath sings a quiet song. Hmm. So... There's some offerings there that you can take a look at musically to see if uh, how you might engage your music people in this. What you got for people? Well, uh, I struggled with this a bit. Uh, it, it seems to be really heavy with with the logic stuff, so math smart and a, a lot of intrapersonal uh, stuff toward the end. You know about your own observance of of God's commands and such. Um, So what I finally came around to was the kind of ends up sounding though uh, with that back and forth, like a lease or a contract 
that is listing out the responsibilities of the party of the first part and the reciprocal benefits delivered thereunto by the party of the second part, you know. And, and uh, so uh, for special effect, a couple of things, you know, bring in a copy of a lease agreement or some other similar legal contract that lines out uh, what you're going to do and what the other party is going to do. Bring in your church's bylaws. Church's bylaws, maybe, or... Book of order, um, book of discipline, uh, depending on your flavor of, of Christianity here. Perhaps terms of... Uh, terms of call. Terms of use from oh. iTunes or <laughs> something <laughs> yeah, uh, that nobody ever reads, <laughs> right? That sort yeah, of thing. print that out, funk. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, you know, so all those are are different possibilities. Uh, the idea is you do this and you'll get this, right? And that's kind of what's going on here. Uh, then, you know, maybe if you have a contract lawyer in your congregation or your community, invite that person to come and talk about some of the agreements that people make using that sort of legal framework. And, you know, think about why we do this, why we write it all down, which I suppose is primarily for clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, first, I suppose a lawyer might say that that's the primary thing is so that everybody understands what, what it is that they're supposed to be doing. Right. Um, but I think the underlying thing is that if you don't see it out loud, somebody's not going to do it. <laughs> You know, that seems to be a very human sort of response. And at least that seems to be what's going on here is, you know, God has even said, look, this is the way you should live. And then they don't. And God says to us, look, this is what you should do. And we don't, Uh you know. And so every once in a while, God has to pull out the contract and say, look. it under our noses. Yeah. Uh, you you signed this, and so I didn't read it. I just clicked agree. It doesn't <laughs> matter. You, it, it's, that, you, you know, it's on you, mm-hmm. right? So um, so that that's some of what's going on. And and um, so one of the things that I notice in here, and and I guess it's people smart, but is that you know God is telling them, look, if you do what's just, and if you take care of the people who are oppressed and the people who are in need, you'll get benefit from that. And, you know, that's something that we, I think we have a hard time grasping is that when we help the people who are helpless, that we actually receive benefit, that we are freed when we free people who are oppressed. Bless the Lord, my soul. Yeah. So there's some self-smart there in mm-hmm. in the resistance that we have to that message i think but um but i think the interaction among people that that's implied and that god has been trying for millennia to get us to understand is that our freedom is connected with everyone else's freedom and when when anybody's freedom is increased everybody's freedom yep. is increased Cool. Well, that's our podcast for today. 
Please ask questions or leave us a comment on our website, www.morethanhearing.org, or facebook.com slash morethanhearing, or tweet us at morethanhearing, or email us at connect at morethanhearing.org. If you tried any of these suggestions, or maybe got an idea you like better than ours, please let us know what you did and how it went. We'd love to hear how using this theory has made a difference in your preaching and worship. Remember to check out the show notes, worksheets, links, and resources at our website. They go hand in glove with the podcast and give you lots more material to work with. Don't forget to subscribe using the links on the website for iTunes, Google Play, Android, or good old RSS. Or point your podcatching software at morethanhearing.org slash feed slash podcast. Help others find us more easily by writing a review at the iTunes store. And of course, you can share the show with your friends and colleagues. We'll be back with another episode next week. In the meantime, stay subscribed and be smart. So, um, yeah, there's that.